To us, magic sounds like this extraordinary thing. Pulling a rabbit out of the hat, coming out of nowhere. But it's here, it's real. And the more that we are open to the unseen, to the energies of this world, to abundance and manifesting, to calling in and growing, the more we'll be able to call magic into our lives. Join me as I share stories, wisdom, and curiosity around connecting with your higher frequency, tapping into the synchronicities of the universe, and opening up to the unseen possibilities that this world has to offer. I am your host, Dana Fay, and this is the Ordinary Magic Podcast. Welcome back to Ordinary Magic. Today, I have a special guest on. Her name is Jen Quaid, and she is a holistic nurse who served in an inner city ICU for seven years before experiencing the power of holistic healing and ceremony in 2009. After Jen became frustrated and burnt out by the conventional medical system, she left the hospital in 2012 to begin a women's health private practice, sharing the ancient technique of Mayan abdominal therapy. She shares her work in her women's health private practice, movement classes and retreats, plant medicine and sweat lodge ceremonies, and through her passion for coaching and teaching. Her intention is to help you heal yourself, expand your consciousness, and become more of who you really are. Welcome, Jen. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk about holistic health and wellness today and hear a little bit of your story and how you've gotten to the place where you are today. So let's take it back to when you were a nurse in in just the normal Western society. Give us a little bit of your backstory and how you came into now running more of a holistic practice and guiding other people into alignment in their health and wellness and in their intuition. Okay, thank you. So let's see, I was kind of on the standard American trajectory, right, of be a good student and go to college and get a good job and buy the house and get the dog and get married and do the whole thing. Like I was fully on this trajectory. When I went to college, I always knew that I wanted to help people. And the only thing that really resonated with me was to become a nurse, but I actually really hated it. (laughs) I hated the training. I sat in the back of the classroom and then we did all our clinicals and I really didn't like it, but somehow it felt like, okay, well, I can get a good job as this, as a nurse, and then I can see what's next for me. So I started working in an inner city hospital and I worked in every unit in the hospital. I would call in in the morning and they would tell me where to go. And I helped, it was at a children's hospital. I helped kids get ready for surgery. I woke them up from anesthesia. I helped in the ICU. I was just going everywhere and doing everything. And I got completely burned out. And one day I heard about this transformative nurse training program for holistic nursing. And my intuition at the time like perked up. I didn't really even know what that was, your intuition. And I asked the woman in charge, like, I'm supposed to be in this program. And she said, no, no, it's only for oncology nurses. And I said, well, I, I work on the oncology unit all the time. And she said, nope, sorry, not for you. And then she called me a few weeks later and said, huh, a spot opened up. I think it's for you. And I said, yeah, I told you (laughs) it is for me. And when I was in this class, this was the first time that anyone had actually asked me the question of how do you feel in your body? And they asked me the question, what color is it? What do you notice? 
where do you notice it? And I noticed that I felt like I had electricity in my blood and that my heart was squeezed like a vice and it was like blue. And somehow that was a huge door opener for me to to shift my attention from like always being a helper, being a good student, being an athlete, being a, you know, a nanny, being a nurse, taking care of people to how do I actually feel? And in this program, they taught us a lot of things about the nervous system and about energy healing and about meditation. And that was my open door to this other way of thinking that was nonlinear, not logical, and more in the realm of mystery and magic. I didn't really know at the time that <laughs> this was, geez, maybe what some people would call Pandora's box. I opened up Pandora's box and wow, the beauty in that way of being and living and exploring has just completely transformed my life. That sounds so amazing. And yeah, so this Pandora's box was open. And where did you begin? I mean, clearly, it sounds like you weren't that excited in the classes that you were taking while becoming a nurse. But as soon as you were taking this next class for the holistic nursing, it was like, just a, a full body, hell yes. So I realized like, oh my God, I'm actually not doing okay. I actually have so much stress in my body. I'm so sick. I'm so sad. I was having really painful menstrual cycles. I was smoking weed to feel good. I was having wine in the evenings or drinking because that's what you do in your 20s, right? When you're on the standard American trajectory. And I realized like, wow, I'm actually not okay. And I learned about acupuncture and I learned about massage and I started going to see these, these healers. And I think of it like, like following the golden thread. For me, that's what it felt like. I just had to keep following the thread and following the thread and each step would take me to the next person or the next insight. And the most powerful thread that I followed was I, I found Mayan abdominal therapy. So this is a form of body work that originates in Belize through a Mayan lineage. This therapy was passed down for thousands of years through the hands of shamans and healers and midwives to me through Dr. Rosita Arvigo. And I found someone in Minneapolis to do this therapy. And I don't even know if anybody told me about it. I actually had just been to Mexico for the first time and visited Chichen Itza, uh, these Mayan ruins. And somehow I came home and I had like the Mayans on the brain. Later, I learned from Rosita, when you're supposed to do this work, the Maya spirits will find you. And when she said that, I remembered back to when I was a child and I would make these like Native American dioramas about the ball court and the Mayans. And I was super into it. And then I went and visited these temples and then all of a sudden... I found this work. And again, for the first time, the woman who was practicing this asked me questions that no one had ever asked me before. How's your relationship with your mom? What is your relationship to your womb? And I was a little bit like, what? Why does that have to do with anything? <laughs> little did I know it had to do with everything. And she did this massage on my body that was focused on my belly and no one had ever massaged in my belly before. And I didn't think too much of it at the time, like it was different, but 
maybe the next day I was driving in the car and I remember it was raining and the windshield wipers were going and I just started bawling out of nowhere and I had to pull over the car and I was like so confused. I didn't understand. I wasn't really um, the kind of person at the time who would just crying while I'm driving. And I realized that that work was opening doorways inside of me to stuck emotions and stuck energy that I was holding on to in my solar plexus and my belly and my womb. And I realized the next time I went back to see this practitioner and I told her about it, like, I- I'm supposed to do this work. So in-, in not too long, I got on a plane and flew down to Belize and started the training process of becoming a practitioner of this modality. And luckily, because I was a nurse, I was able to I was able to offer it. And little by little, I opened up my private practice and started seeing clients and then started working at the hospital less and less. And at one point in my private practice, I was booked out months and I was just working with women all day, every day, doing the same kind of process that. I went through and was, you know, it's an evolution. It's a lifelong journey of letting go and becoming. And I I had the privilege of working with women in this, this deep way. So that I would say is the golden thread that is the most powerful one for me that really opened up my experience of my own magic, my own power to manifest, my own power to, to create my own power of like, what am I actually holding in my body, in my being, on the physical level, on what you might call the trauma level, these old hurts or these old events or these old energies that get stuck? And how can I take care of myself, even on the most basic level of like, putting my hands on my belly and breathing? <laughs> yeah, not many people do that. <laughs> That's not something we think of doing. Right. So I learned in this first session with this Mayan abdominal therapy, how to do the self massage. And this to this day, feels like that in combination with basic meditation, that right there is the most powerful tool for transformation that I know. And for years during the biggest transformation of my life, every night, (laughs) I would do the self massage, which takes like five minutes, it's simple, it's not a big deal. And then I would set my phone alarm for 10 minutes, and I would breathe. And that combination of that, that physical care, and that meditation, that breathing, which of course, is for the mind, it's for the body, I learned how to I learned how to tap into my own inner pharmacy inside myself, which, you know, if someone had told me this, 10 years before, like, oh, actually, you can medicate yourself with your own perfect pharmacy of chemicals inside your brain. And you can actually feel good in your body, I would have, I would have been like, what? That sounds crazy. (laughs) It is something that I want every single woman on the planet to know how to do as a foundation. Tell us more about that, because I don't think it always is basic knowledge. That's not the first thing that we hear. And your story has so much magic in it. I mean, talk about really being on, like you said, the American uh, trajectory of just go to college, do my job, drink some coffee, drink some wine, you know, like kind of do that self-medicate. I've never heard the term your inner pharmacy. I really love that. Tell us more about how women 
can release these chemicals and really, really help themselves. I mean, you, you explained the abdominal massage and the meditation. Are those the first two steps? And then where would you go from there? Would you look at your diet? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many things like a whole pie on each slice of the pie is a different aspect of life. And okay. So if I go back to like, what is the most fundamental way to release these chemicals inside ourselves? The meditation, the soft belly breathing meditation, this has been my fastest way into these, what I might call an altered state of consciousness. So we have four different kinds of brainwave states. We have our beta brainwave state, which is you and I are in beta right now. We're talking, we're, we're logical, we're in just kind of like ordinary reality. And then there's the alpha theta range, which is a little bit slower brainwave state. And that is in more dreamy. It's more meditative. It's, I think of it as being almost like that doorway into the subconscious. So I studied hypnosis and consciousness for years. And it's my understanding that like, man, what do we, what do they say? We have the same 70,000 thoughts every single day. That sounds <laughs> you know, like 99. Yeah. Like 99% of what we think and what we we do in our lives is on repeat based on the programming in our subconscious. It's kind of like, you know, the program in your computer, it's, it does the things the way it does. And then we actually can access that doorway into the subconscious through those alpha theta brainwave states to go in and shift things. So then the fourth brainwave state is delta. I think there are some more that these brainwave scientists are finding, but delta is sleeping. And that's a little bit like below consciousness. And there's a lot of subconscious processing that happens in dream state. As we know, there's a lot of wisdom that can come through dreams. There's a lot of emotional processing that can happen in dreams. But we can, during our waking life, go into these non-ordinary states of consciousness, these meditative states. And for me, The easiest way there is through the focus on the breath. And this is actually have a YouTube video out about this. It's about soft belly breathing. And if someone, I say this in my video too, but if someone would have told me like when I was a nurse working at the hospital, feeling stressed and running around and the call lights are beeping and like, I I can't do as much as I'm supposed to do that day. If someone would have looked at me and said, Jen, just take a deep breath, I probably would have given him the middle finger. <laughs> yes. It's like, F you. I, I, that's not going to help me, right? But I worked with this hypnotherapist and he looked at me in our first meeting and he said, Jen, I've been watching you for 45 minutes and I've noticed that you don't breathe. The first thing I'm going to do is teach you how to breathe. So he taught it to me in this way that I'm going to teach it to you today, which is we have our diaphragm. And you can put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly. If you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. And notice which hand moves more when you breathe, your upper hand or your lower hand. What about you, Dana? I feel like my first breath, my shoulders went Mm -hmm. up, which I know is not correct. I mean, correct or incorrect. It's like, that's how your body's breathing. And so that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So what I learned is when I make my lower hand move, when I breathe down into my diaphragm, it actually sends a message from the nerves in the diaphragm up to the brain. And it says, oh, you're safe. Mm -hmm. So when you breathe into a soft belly, 
it sends that message to your brain <clears throat> that you're safe. And this, this man that I worked with, he had me practice this for at least 10 minutes a day. I would take breaks at work and go in the bathroom and like shut the door and sit on the toilet and just breathe to try and like dose myself with my own medicine. But I noticed as I practiced doing this, that muscle loosened up a bit. It became easier to breathe in that way. And and that's when the magic really started happening in my life. It, it seems like such a basic doorway, but on the physical level, the vagus nerve innervates in the diaphragm and sends that message to the brain. And through practice, I could get into these meditative states where I literally felt like I had light streaming through my body where I was heavy and kind of like stuck to the bed and everything is sparkling. And it's a little bit like, oh my God, like what is going on here? All through that simple, simple practice of soft belly breathing. Now it wasn't like that at first. At first my mind was crazy. Like it did not want me to be soft belly breathing, but I made it a practice 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And on the energetic level, we have these chakras, which are they call like spinning discs of light, and we have seven of them. And I noticed in my work with a lot of people and with myself that there's like a, a stuckness at the level of the solar plexus chakra of the upper abdomen. And for me, that combination of like physically massaging it open and breathing into it opened up the channel from I believe we all have this channel from the divine down through the crown, through the head, through the neck, through the heart, through the belly, down through the belly to the root of the body and down to the earth. And it took me years to really feel the openness of that. And it's like this journey of peeling back the layers of the onion to get to the place where I can be in my channel in my unique energetic signature without all these layers of trauma, of memories, of stuckness, of tension, of layers. And this is a spiral journey. This is a lifelong journey. I don't know that anyone really arrives in the place where they're like perfectly open all the time. Maybe these like incredible meditators up in the mountains and the Himalayas that that's their life's work. But for me, it it's a journey every day. And so the tools that I've found to just help me stay open, help me stay clear, help me open my heart, help me be in touch with my creative center. They've really been so simple and also have completely changed my life. That's so beautiful, Jen. And I love that you named that it's a spiral journey because you're really speaking to the average woman that's going through her life. You have a kid, you have a family, you have a business you're running. Things are going to come up and happen. And what I also heard in your story is that continuing this practice day after day, it's we're in this culture of like wanting results now but that's just simply not how it works. So how did you stay motivated during this time? Like, did you have setbacks at all? When, Like, what were the little signs that you were making progress? Because it's not an overnight journey. Mm, I was pretty invested <laughs> for a few reasons. One was I was 
engaged and I had a ring on my finger and a house in the suburbs and a dog and a fenced in backyard and the whole thing you're supposed to want. And that was the moment where I woke up to all the the pain that I was carrying and all the confusion that I was carrying and all the the new ways of being that I was exploring. And I realized that I couldn't marry this person I had been with for like seven years, you know, my college sweetheart. And the only thing that I had to get me through that, I didn't really feel like I had my family, all the friends that we had couldn't believe that I would do something like leave this man. And I had nobody, I had nothing is how I felt. And so all I had was these practices All I had was myself and my breath and my prayer. I didn't even know at the time that it was a prayer, but this like really deep prayer of like figuring out who I really am and what kind of partner I was really supposed to have, if not this like beautiful person that I was with, it just didn't feel right. So how did I stay motivated? Because I started feeling better. It's like I cracked the door open just enough that I could see, I could feel in my body all these new ways of of feeling and new ways of being. And I I got help. I I was working with like energy healers at the time and I, I learned like, well, psychics, like so I I don't know, I probably had a psychic or two. <laughs> I learned about my astrology. And the more I I opened up to this, what you might call ordinary magic, these different ways of being, these non-ordinary states of consciousness, I started meeting new people. Like, okay, one story that might sound kind of silly is I found the Minnesota Holistic Nurses Association. Like that was my anchor is my career as a nurse. And like, okay, there's a holistic nursing association. So I went to one of their meetings and there was this woman talking about soul friends. And she had this process of like, how do you call in your soul friends? And I remember on my way home that day, again, I'm driving in my car and I, I made this prayer. I'm like, okay, like, I really need my people. I really need my soul friends. So if you're out there feeling really alone, try this, it might really work. And I kid you not, I was on my way to, I don't know, the suburbs, I went to a Barnes and Noble to get magazines for a vision board or something like I was doing all the things to transform my life. And this young woman, probably my age, she was kind of staring at me and I looked over at her and I was just like, hi. And she eventually came up to me and she basically told me that she wanted to know what I was up to and she wanted to be my friend. And and I was a little bit like, what? How can that be? Like, I literally just made a prayer for a friend and here someone came. So I started to feel my magnetism. The same kind of thing started happening around my understanding of mind-body medicine. The science behind it is like psychoneuroimmunology, but consciousness and the brain. And all of a sudden, I started receiving mailings in my mailbox. This was back in like 2009, before it was like social media and all that. And I started receiving these like continuing education things for mind-body medicine. Maybe the internet did it, maybe whatever. But I felt like that was magic. All these little people and pieces that started coming into my life because I was changing in the inside, that was the motivation. That was the confirmation. Like you're on the right track. It's working. And 
I basically let my body be my guide. And I realized like what an empath I am, how intuitive I am. A lot of that was hidden underneath these layers of trying to fit into society and just do the work and struggle and keep going. And so I didn't really need external motivation so much because I had it inside myself. I I made this prayer too. And again, I didn't think of it as a prayer, but like, show me the way in a way that I can understand. Mm, Show me the way in a way that I can feel in my own body. Like, please help me find my way. And those messages just started coming. It's like, the, this oh geez this this is kind of a funny story. So recently, my daughter was going through a lot of immune system stuff. There was mold in the house she was born in. I had to have IV antibiotics for this procedure, which never in my life have I had a surgery or antibiotics. And it went through my milk and damaged her gut. And I, I basically we've spent the last four years trying to repair her gut and her skin and her immune system. And like, that's a whole nother podcast, (laughs) but I was on the phone with this like magical psychic therapist of mine. And she said, Jen, you are being called to walk on water. Like you're being called to go beyond what is reasonable to go beyond what is logical to be able to help your daughter, but also for your own soul journey. And I was in the car telling my husband this story and literally, we went past a billboard and the billboard said, walk on water. Shut up. That's amazing. And I was like, you have to turn around. You have to stop the car. <laughs> He's like, what? And we drove on a little bit and there was another billboard that said, walk on water. And so for me, there's these little signs. They're little signs. They're big signs that that, that there's something is ringing true. The inner world and the outer world are so connected. It reminds me of that saying of if you change your inner world, then your outer world will reflect that. Something along those lines. For sure. For sure. It it I go back to this this memory of when I was seeing lots of like energy healers and therapists and none of it was covered by insurance. And that was crazy to me. Like I didn't have a lot of extra money, but I could feel the benefit of receiving this kind of care. I'm sure people in my life thought that I was going crazy (laughs) and I did feel like I was going crazy sometimes. And these people helped me feel sane in this, what I would call now the awakening process. So I learned how to meditate. I learned how to breathe into my belly. And this, this woman who I had been seeing for energy healing, I came in one day and she was like, Oh my God, what have you been doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, what have you been doing? And I said, well, I've been meditating every day. And she said, your energy field is completely different. It's like you had zero access to your feminine energy before. And now it's just like pouring out of you. And that was kind of my beginning of learning about how to navigate my energy body, right? So our culture is really grounded and run by what we might call masculine energy. And masculine energy is like our, our outgoing energy. It's it's more logical, linear, directive. And the feminine energy is more like the energy of receiving. It's the energy of creativity versus forging forward. And I had never really been in touch with that part of myself. And I guess 
this just goes back to this idea that when we change our inner world, the outer world changes. I am quickly interrupting this episode to tell you about my human design offerings. Are you wanting to learn more about what your human design is all about? I am able to help you apply it to your life and start living your design today. I offer a human design audio guide, which is a great entry level into your human design. We go over the most important layers, which are your energy type, strategy, authority, your biggest gift in this world, your profile, and your life theme. I also offer a full 90-minute human design reading over Zoom, and that includes a very robust document that you get to take home as well. The full reading are for people who know they want to dive deep right away or people who have already started their human design journey and want to start applying it to their life. You can find your human design audio guide or the full human design reading on my website at danafay.com. That's D-A-Y-N-A-F-A-Y-E.com. I hope to connect with you soon. So when I started changing my inner world, like this woman could sense that my energetic system was changing. And then what does that do? That sends like different reverberations out into the universe, out into the world. And it changes the people and the experiences and the creative insights that can even be attracted to me and my energy field. Life is nuanced. But I think in general, when there is something happening in our outside world, it's the first step for me is always like, okay, how can I look inside myself to see where I carry that or how I hold that energy? Or maybe I don't feel like I hold that energy. So how can I hold a better boundary for that energy? Or how can I become a clear vessel to create a prayer against that energy. I really love that, Jen. Like it's really the concept of put your oxygen mask on first before holding space or helping others. So it's like, okay, here's some conflict or here's what I'm stepping through. Here's what I bumped up against today with maybe another person. First, I'm going to take a look in the mirror figuratively and ask myself, like, why did that upset me? Why did that trigger me? And then what can I do within myself to heal something in myself? Like it's always an opportunity for growth. And then maybe when you work on your inside again, the outside will reflect something completely different than you expected in your, in regards to your relationship with that person or whatever you're working through. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's such a lifelong inner journey. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I love how calmly you talk about your story. And yet what I'm hearing is, man, you had a lot of hurdles. You've had a lot of life experience. And it's really cool when you said, oh, that was my intuition. Way at the beginning of your story today where you're like, okay, instead of using the logical mind, I all of a sudden felt intuition. Can you describe that more for the listeners as they're getting started on their awakening process One thing I want to note is how much you talked in the car, because that was also my experience. That is the place I felt most comfortable to start talking to the universe. And I love that you're saying, yeah, it was like a prayer, but really you're just asking out loud, hey, help me start this journey or help me gain some clarity, things like that. So yeah, if you can describe more for us, like what you were feeling in your body in regards to intuition and (laughs) how you were able to not let your mind or your ego kind of jump in and steal the show. This is kind of a funny question because 
at the very beginning, I told this story of how I was like, oh, I have like electricity in my blood. I have really intense feelings, intense emotions. I always have. And my husband is, he's more like a tree <laughs> and he's very like grounded and stable and tall. And anyway, we've been married for like seven years. And recently I looked at him and I was like, you don't, you don't feel the like lightning bolt electricity thing. Like you're being struck by lightning. And he's like, no, I, I don't feel that. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, you know, like you could call it maybe a trigger, but like for me, it literally feels like I'm being struck by lightning, <laughs> like actually struck by lightning. And he's like, no, no, I, I really actually don't feel that. So my intuition speaks to me in that way. It speaks speaks to me like lightning bolts, which is fascinating because I've also been studying with indigenous elders and these really ancient traditions and the Lakota vision quest ceremony. I, I did four vision quests and I'm a moon dancer and I have been immersed in these situations where there's storytelling from indigenous elders and it's a real blessing. I I realize what a privilege that is that remembering how to be in relationship with spirit and with the earth has hugely transformed me, but they talk in this North American Lakota, Dakota, Nakota tradition about the thunder beings and about them being the healers and about the the lightning strikes and all of this. And somehow I'm bringing that in today because there are ancient stories from all over the world that help us to make sense of our human experience. Another story that comes to mind is the story of Inanna, who is this woman who travels down through the underworld and is hung on a meat hook in the underworld. And her sister, Arishkagal, who is like the goddess of the underworld, finally releases her to go back. And And this story, I've, I felt that story in these years after I had this surgery and my daughter got really sick and we had to move out of the city. And uh, there was so much sickness and sadness. And like that story helped me make sense of my journey that I was on, like literally feeling like I was hung on a meat hook. I, I mentioned these things in relationship to this question of intuition is it, it's so unique for everyone. And for me, it has, I have had kind of an intense journey and these messages, these in, intuitions, they, they can come like lightning bolts to wake me up to help me see like, you need to look at this, you need to clean this up, or you need to talk with that person or look over there at that billboard. It's going (laughs) to, it's going to say the thing that you need to say, but we all have a unique way of intuiting the world that is beyond the logical mind. And for some people, it is really through the body. For some people, it is intense. For some people, it is super gentle. For some people, Like I have a friend who channels music, like she can hear the songs. I have friends and people in my life who can see auras. They can see beings in the room. They can talk with spirits. There are people who get very clear messages in their dreams. And I think the common thread of all of these different types of intuition is that we have to listen whether it's listening with our ears for those songs or those inspirations, those insights, or or listening with our eyes or listening with our bodies, it requires at least a moment of 
tuning our attention from the outside world to what's happening in here. And for me, it does feel like lightning bolts. And it also, there's a voice. I call it the voice. I'll tell my husband like, oh, the voice told me to do this thing. And I don't think much of it anymore because it's just kind of common. How do I know that that's different than the logical mind? Sometimes when I get these, what I might call like an intuitive prompting to do something, to reach out to someone, it's kind of nagging in a way. Where it's, you know, it's almost like a mosquito buzzing around my ear. And I'm like, what, what, what? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And then I'll do it. And it makes sense that I was supposed to do that thing or call that person or, or whatever. And I personally, I, I carry a lot of self-doubt. I, I'm always working with confidence and I'm working with my, you know, how do I live my mission? How do I walk my purpose? What is that? (laughs) How do I have the courage to navigate all these different layers and all the things that feel in the way of me being my best self and becoming who I really am? But there's a guidance that we all have. And when we can listen, whether that's through meditation or through being conscious to tune in with the body, I teach a movement practice called Koya, Q-O-Y-A. And Koya is based on the idea that through movement, we remember we are wise, wild, and free. And I love this movement practice because it's all about tuning in with the sensations of the body. It's about moving energy and it's about connecting with others and sharing your truth. And it's really beautiful practice for these women's circles and retreats that I run. But this kind of practice of like, movement and music and listening to myself has opened that doorway to my intuition in a way that has made it feel just like part of my everyday life and accessible and what I'm moving from versus this logical idea of what I should do. Wow. I've learned so much from t- from you today in regards to really being back in your body. That's the common thread through all of this is no matter what practice you're doing, seeking other energy practitioners or doing your belly breathing, your meditation, your koya, driving in the car and talking out loud, like all of that is getting yourself out of the mind and back into your body. And I really love that you named the fact that everybody's intuition feels different. And I ask probably every single one of my guests, what does your intuition feel like? Because I agree. I think it is different for every person. And it's really cool and magical that like, it's almost like a lot of these kind of sci-fi Netflix shows that everybody loves to watch, you know, someone finding out they have magical powers and it's different than the person next to them. Someone can blow fire out of their hands and the next person does ice, (laughs) you know, like whatever this Mm -hmm. mystical thing is, is like actually pretty real (laughs) here on earth. And Mm -hmm. your story makes me feel like it's so worth the dedication and just the consistent practice. And also that it's sometimes maybe we make it way harder than it needs to be because what you shared is are some very simple practices. And if you just do them, things will unfold and unravel from there. I'm actually in the process right now of creating an online course to teach these really simple, accessible tools to women. And I, I, I wish that I would have had a class like this 15 years ago um, to help women navigate the nervous system, to help them learn these basic tools for the inner pharmacy, for the 
self-care for the body. And so many women right now are in pain. You know, we have hormone imbalances due to our modern diet, due to all the chemicals in our food and water. We are navigating a lifestyle that is not natural for a woman's body and so many factors. And so it shows up for different women in different ways, whether it's like painful periods or fibroids or migraines or any number, endometriosis, any kinds of things. I feel there are some really foundational tools that address so many of these common ailments or disharmonies. So then how can women learn these tools and come home to themselves and start to kind of go on a journey similar to mine, but of course, unique to each woman. So I'm in the process of creating that right now. And it feels important. I've heard this quote. I've heard this quote that might have been from the Dalai Lama years ago. It will be Western women who change the world. And somehow I heard that and it spoke to me because I've always carried this feeling inside myself. Like I have a mission, like, what is my mission? What am I supposed to do? How can I help change the world? And first I have to help myself, right. To clear what we might call trauma, the fight, the flight, the fear, the freeze, the fawn, so that we can be who we really are. And we each are here with a gift. We're each here with, a mission and that mission might look like meditating in the mountains. And for other people, it might look like really extroverted activism. And so it's up to us to listen to that intuition, which some call the voice of the soul, each have something to bring to the table. And that might just be being That might not have to do with doing anything, but it's up to each of us to find what that is in ourselves. And I believe the more of us who wake up to that truth of who we really are and what we're here for, the the more we can change the world. Beautiful. And we're privileged as Western women. We're privileged to be able to listen to podcasts and to be able to share our voices. And and we're not always going to do it right. you know, what is right and wrong, but we can do the best we can and keep moving forward and keep learning and growing and, and be able to take that, you know, being able to do these things and, and do something good with it, which is, is the journey you're on is the journey that many people are on. And more people are going to be waking up to that over these next few years, even. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to have you on the podcast today to share your wisdom for somebody who may be listening this year or listening two years from now when they're meant to find that episode, when they're at that place in their journey where they're ready to go, ooh, I think I should try abdominal massage. I think this might be really helpful. So thank you so much for being here today, Jen, and sharing your wisdom and your story of what you've been through. It's it, it's very inspiring and very motivating for me. And you do have some beautiful freebies on your website. There's ways to connect with you. Can you share with the listeners how to do that? They can go to my website. It's www.jenquade.com. And if you forward slash free, there's some freebies, including um, some of my favorite ancestral diet foods. 
I really think like <laughs> it's so important that we nourish our bodies. And one of the biggest learnings that I've experienced, especially in these last few years with my daughter is how can I feed my body so that my nervous system is balanced, so that my hormones are balanced, and so that I'm eating like our ancestors did. And our ancestors ate differently all over the world, but there are some common threads, which are eating whole food, eating real food. That's all I'll say about that, but that's important to me. There's a soft belly breathing meditation on on there that you can download. And I'm currently creating self-care secrets, a women's holistic health self-care secrets guidebook, an ebook, a guide to describe a lot of these things that felt like secrets. Like I had to follow that golden thread and uncover these pieces little by little. These are things that nobody taught me, but perhaps generations ago or hundreds of years ago, all women learned how to take care of their bodies and how to be in tune with their cycles and how to be in tune with their spirits. And so I just am creating this to share some of these pieces that have really transformed my life and my relationship with myself as a woman. Yeah. So maybe there's something on there that you might enjoy. And and then I'm creating more retreats for women to gather and move and work with plant medicines and the sweat lodge. We actually have a retreat coming up in the end of March in Mexico. And keep your eyes peeled for that. And yeah. Exciting stuff. Thank you so much, Dana. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure and I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey and maybe attend one of your retreats one day because they sound really lovely, like a perfect mix of movement and ceremony and meditation, like just lovely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Ordinary Magic is a Lit Path Studios production produced by Jamie Gale and Dana Fay. Music is by Shane Ivers. Until next time, I wish you many powerful moments of Ordinary Magic. <laughs>